theyeshiva.net. We're going to learn today what I find to be a, a beautiful, really astoundingly beautiful piece of the Smasemes on this week's Parsha, Parsha's Kisisa. It's Smasemes. Smasemes, of course, is a Hasidic work, commentary written on Chumash and on holidays. It's the teachings of the person known as the Svasemes, Rabbi Yehuda Aryeh Leib Alter. Alter is the family name, who was the second Rebbe in the Hasidic dynasty of Ger, succeeded his grandfather, the Chidush Harim, Rabbi Chameir Alter, and his name was Rabbi Yehuda Aryeh Leib Alter. Passed away, Tafresh Samachay, 1905. His work, Svasemes, I often teach, very brief, cryptic, concise, extremely brief, and not always so easy to understand. You need background. I chose today two pieces on Parshas Kisisa. The first is from Tafresh Lamed Zion. Tafresh Lamed Zion would be in the secular calendar, 1877. And this is the teaching. He starts off the Medrash by Yeshaber Oysam Chuli. He quotes a Medrash. And let me share with you this Medrash. He quotes the whole Medrash. Kivan Shira Moshe Rabbeinu Olav HaShalom. Everybody knows that you have Chumash, you have the text of the Chumash, and then you have what's called the Medrash. The Medrash are the oral traditions and teachings of the sages explaining the verses in Chumash. One of the most famous and important works of Medrash is called Medrash Rab. Medrash Rabba Parshas Kisisa, there's a fascinating Medrash. This is in this week, Parsha Shmois Rabba, Medrash Rabba, Medrash Rabba Kisisa, Parsha Memvav, section 46, 1, Memvav Aleph. The Medrash says as follows, Moshe breaks the tablets when he sees the golden calf. Says the Medrash, Moshe saw that there's no way the Jewish people are going to be able to get up from this one. They will not be able to endure. This was a a catastrophe and a real destruction, and he saw there may may not be hope. So what did he do? So the Medrash says, and I quote, which the Svasamis quotes, he saw the Jews will not be able to stand from this, they will not be able to get up. He linked his soul with them, and that's why he broke the tablets. They sinned. They created a golden calf, which was used for idolatry. I also sinned. I broke the tablets. If you forgive them, you'll also forgive me. Shenemar, that's what Moshe says to Hashem. If you'll forgive their sin, you'll forgive my sin as well. He continues, and if not, if you will not forgive them, then why should you forgive me? Block me out from the book that you have written. We see in the portion that after the Jews break the tablets, after the Jews create the golden calf, Moshe comes down and he breaks the tablets. He tells Hashem and he says, 
If you forgive them, great. If not, erase me from the book that you have written. Why did Moshe break the luchas? Even if the Jews don't deserve them, return them to their maker. Why destroy them? So the Medrash says Moshe saw that the only way the Jewish people will survive this one is if he himself links his fate and his soul to them. What words? He connected his soul with them. And when he connected his soul with them, he tells God, listen, they sinned. They created a golden calf. I also sinned. I'm in the same boat. I'm in the same kasha. If you could forgive me, forgive them. If you can't forgive them, why are you going to forgive me? God said, you know, I'll get rid of them. We're going to start a new nation with you. Moshe says, I also sinned. If you could find it in your heart to forgive me, you'll forgive them. If you can't find it in your heart to forgive them, then don't forgive me either. Then erase me also from the Sefer HaShekosov. They erase me as well. This is what the Medrash says. Says this, Fasem is move on. What does this mean? It doesn't seem to make sense. It's very hard to understand. What, is, what does the Medrash mean by this? Moshe broke the luchas in order to join with them, to become one with them, to sin as well as they would sin, and now God will forgive him and them. What is the meaning of this? The Gam Koshim, another question. Ha'isa, there's another Medrash, it's a very famous Medrash, a Medrash Tanchoma Parshas Ekev, and in other places. That when Moshe came down from the mountain and he saw the golden calf, he observed that the letters of the Luchais were soaring into the ear. They departed from the actual tablets and they were gone. So Moshe understood, as the Medrash puts it, I think in Ovis Rebnosin, Luchas Elo Ein Behem Mamish. They have no substance anymore. All the letters are gone. Al-Sheikh explains that it doesn't necessarily mean the physical letters, it means the Ruach HaKodesh, the divine holiness embedded in the letters, flew away, soared, soared up into the atmosphere, and therefore Moshe felt that there's no use to give them the luchas, that's why he broke them. That's a very famous medrash, he saw the Isis leaving the luchas, it was just, what remained was stone, stone without the inner vitality and energy, the chiyus, the holiness, the soul, the soul was gone. The body was there, but the soul was gone. So he broke the tablets. For actually, one medrash says, one medrash says it became so heavy, he was forced to drop them and break them. Asked the Swasambas, how do we reconcile these two medrashim? You could say it's two different perspectives. But the truth is, everything is ultimately connected. Even if there are different opinions, elu elu. So he says, what's the connection? One medrash says he broke the luchas because he saw they won't survive and he has to sin together with them. So he has to also do something wrong. This medrash says it's a completely different reason. The ISIS flew away. It seems that this is the explanation of the concept. It's certain that Hatayra Tali Bahachanas Bnei Yisrael Shem Akabli Hatayra. The Tayra is dependent upon the preparation of the Bnei Yisrael, of the children of Israel, who are the receivers of Torah. In other words, Torah does not exist independent of the people who it was given to. The Torah itself, much of it is is dependent upon those who were given the Torah. 
Uksiv. The Pasuk says in Parshas Kisisa that the Luchais were the divine handiwork. Haluchais Maisa Lekim Heima, Vamichtav Michtav Elekimhu, Charus Al Haluchais. This is in Parshas Kisisa, Lamed Beis Tazai in 32.16. The tablets were the handiwork of God. The inscription was the inscription of Hashem engraved on the tablets. Come Chazal and say, Al-Tikre Charus el The word Charus means engraved. The word Charus is the same letters like Charus, which means liberated, freed, emancipated. The inscription of Hashem was engraved in the Luchas and Charus ala Luchas, which means Charus. Charus mi Yetzirhara, mi Malachamavis, mi Misa. So the Gemara says in Erevin, and the Medrash says in Parshas Kisisa, and it's brought in many other Medrashim in Tana and in Zaya, that when the Jews were given the first Luchas, they were liberated. They were Cherus. They were liberated from the evil inclination, from the angel of death, and from death. The original state of Adam and Eve in the garden, prior to eating of the tree of knowledge, was now restored into human consciousness once again, their postures have once again straightened up and become aligned with the original tzura, with the original form of a human being. So it's not just the word of God is engraved on the tablets. Charus, it's also charus, it represents a state of the people. They were in a place of charus. Vikasha, this is a very difficult interpretation. Ma'pirush al-haluchas. If so, the Pasuk should have said, Cheirus on the people. It says, Cheirus al-aluchas. God's script was engraved in the tablets. So this is where it seems that this Medrash is really taking this verse out of context. The verse doesn't say the people were free. The verse says the tablets were free. Even if you want to pronounce the word Cheirus as Cheirus, and you could tell me that in a Torah scroll there's no vowels, there's no nekudos, so because there's no Nekudas, so the Torah itself lends itself to be pronounced in different fashions. Zolzayim, okay. That's an interesting concept in and of itself. That because the word can be written and could be pronounced in different ways, each pronunciation has meaning. But the context is completely indicative that we're talking about the tablets, not the people. Charus al-haluchas. Come the sages and say No. Cherus, the people were in a state of Cherus. But the truth is, But the truth is, based on what we said, that the the Torah's existence is based on those who receive the Torah, who absorb the Torah, now we'll understand the connection. Because based on how the Torah's light is engraved in the hearts of the Jewish people, that's exactly how the letters are engraved in the Luchas. She'ikir The primary space of writing the Torah and engraving the Torah is not on the tablets, and it's not on parchment, it's in the heart. As Shleim HaMelech tells us in his book of Mishle in Proverbs, chapter 3 and chapter 7, You have to transcribe them on the tablets of your heart. That's where you have to write them down. 
Luach is a board, a tablet. Don't only write it down on the boards. Luach libecha. I have to put it in to the luach, to the tablet in my heart. That's where it happens. And that affects the Torah itself. So the state of the Jewish people in relationship to the Torah, how much they absorb it, how much they internalize it, that defines the Torah. So the Gemara says, what's charus salalucha is engraved on the luchas. It was engraved on the luchas because it was engraved in their hearts. The luchas are a mirror of their hearts. If it's engraved in their hearts, it's engraved in the tablets. The physical tablets is just a replica and a metaphor for their own physical state of mind, their own physical reality. When the Isis were engraved in their heart, the Isis automatically are engraved in the luchas. And therefore, charus ala luchas means they were in a state of charus. If they were in a state of charus, the Isis were engraved in them, it was engraved on the luchas as well. What happens when the Jewish people sin? The letters are not engraved anymore. The Isis, the Isis soar. They fly away. Because the Luchas are a reflection of the Jews. So when my soul and my divinity and my holiness and my higher consciousness is not engraved inside of me, it's not really part of me, it becomes separated, there is a misalignment, so that's reflected in the luchas. The Torah was given to the Jewish people, it's like the kala that's given to the chosen. Husbands and wives reflect each other, they mirror each other. The state of the wife is reflected in the husband, the state of the husband is reflected in the wife. Not always, but very often, especially if there's a deep unity. It's an inheritance. So the Gemara says, The Torah is betrothed to the Jewish people. It's like two halves of one soul. Yisrael is Yashishim Ribi Isis Latira. The Megala Mukas, Reb Nosin Shapiro from Krakow says, Yisrael is the acronym Yesh Shishim Ribi Isis Latira. There are 600,000 letters in the Torah. What's the connection? The connection is because each Jew is a letter in the Torah. Each Jew is a letter in the Luchas, because the Ten Commandments include the whole Torah. Every soul is a letter in the Torah, and the soul is not just written on the Torah, the soul is engraved in the Luchas. Which represents the fact that the Jew is engraved in Torah, the Torah is engraved in the Jew. So the Jew affects Torah, just like Torah affects the Jew. Yisrael Ve'eraisa, there's a very deep connection between Yisrael and Ereisa and Torah. So the Svasema says, the main, we, when we, Chorus Al-Alucha is the engraving of the letters and the tablets to the point that they became one, was a mirror of where the Jewish people were. Al-Tikri Chorus al they were in a state of spiritual and psychological emancipation and freedom. In other words, it was engraved in their heart. If it was engraved in their heart, it redefined their consciousness or it expanded their consciousness. Now when they detach from that, when they create the eagle, what happens? The oisius leave the luchas. There's no engraving in the luchas anymore. The luchas remain just a slab of stone, a sapphire. You have the stone, you have the body of the luchas, but you don't have any more the oisius the content, the theme, the depth, the meaning, the purpose, 
the inner design, the tzura, or if you want, the neshama of the luchas, if you will. You don't have that. That's what happens. The truth is, Moshe, he was on the mountain. He never engaged in sin. So he could hold the Torah. That's what Hashem tells him. 32.10 I will turn you into a new nation, into a great nation. Hashem tells Moshe after the debacle with the golden calf, leave me alone. I will destroy them and I will turn you into a great nation. Why you? Because the Torah was engraved in the heart of Moshe. It was charus and cherus in Moshe. So the Torah still exists. I'll give you the Torah. I'll turn you into a great nation. Ah, and this is where Moshe makes a decision. Moshe decided that he is going to sacrifice his soul for the Jewish people. He did not want to separate from his people even for a moment. And by him connecting with them and not separating from them, because for him the Bnei Yisrael were more precious than the Luchas. He was aware of the will of the Creator, Sheknesses Yisrael Chavivin Elov Mehakoil. That Knesset Yisrael is more precious to God than everything, including the Torah and including the Luchas. And because of this, the Oisius flew away even from Moshe. Because Moshe decided to connect himself to the people. And thus he breaks the Luchas as we explained. Heaven understand what he's saying. Moshe, you'll have to review this. Follow because every word here is, is a gem, a priceless gem. Moshe himself can hold the Torah. The luchas are engraved in him. Hashem says, You're good. For Moshe, the luchas are intact. Why are the luchas are intact? Because God's script is engraved in the luchas because it's engraved in his heart. Moshe didn't make the eagle. Moshe didn't detach himself from his inner light, from his inner divine posture. But at this moment, Moshe instinctively says, I'm not leaving my people. I'm not separating my people. He says, He gives his soul for his people. I will not separate from them, even for a moment. I will not put myself into another world, into another space. That's what the Medrash means. He's connected his soul to them. But one second. For them, there were no luchas anymore. The oisius have departed because the luchas were not engraved in their heart. That's where they were. Moshe said, I am going to go into that place. And that's why he breaks the luchas. So the two midrashim explaining different reasons why Moshe broke the luchas are really one. The first midrash says, why did he break the luchas? Because he wanted to sin together with the Jewish people. They violated God's will. He will also violate God's will. They broke the Torah. He'll break the Luchas. 
they created a golden calf, he'll destroy the Torah by breaking the Luchas. Unbelievable. And then he tells Hashem, listen, you don't want to forgive them? I'm in the same boat. <laughs> I'm the same sinner. And in Brazil, you hear what Amman and Yisrael is? You hear what Amman and Yisrael is? He says, you don't want to forgive them? Okay, no problem. But I'm the same sinner. <laughs> you got to get rid of me too. You got to get rid of me too. That's what the Medrash says. Ooh, you want to forgive me? Okay, no problem. I'm with them. So forgive them. If you schlepping me, if I can get schlepped out, they can get schlepped out. If they can't get schlepped out, I also can't schlepped out. We're in the same boat. We're in the same, we're in the same abyss. We're in the same program. Moshe says, we're in the same program. We're not separated. is good. I'm with you. I'm with you. Send it to the Chevra. I'm with you. I'm not going anywhere. If you can't find in your heart to forgive them, okay. But I'm with you. No So that's one Medrash. The other Medrash says, why did he break the Luchas? Because the ISIS flew away. One second, what's happening here? I thought he broke it because he wanted a sin. Says as Fasemis, it's really the same thing. Though his ISIS flew away, the ISIS soared into the ear. You have the same uh, the same language used in Avadazara when Avadazara Yudzainab Khanina ben Tradian was burnt by the Romans with the Sefatira. And his students asked him, What do you see? And he said, I see Gvilin Israf and Vaisis Parchas. The parchment is burnt and the letters are soaring. The oasis don't disappear. You can't burn ideas. You can't destroy letters. You can destroy parchment. You can try to destroy a body. You can't destroy ideas. You can't destroy a soul. You can't destroy oasis parches ba'aver. The Romans can burn the Sifri Torah. The Nazis could burn the Sifri Torah. But the ideas, the neshama in them, you can't burn. They fly up and they transplant themselves in new places. So the Medrash says, Oisius perches, the Oisius are gone from the luchas. They become heavy. Moshe breaks them. So the Fasem says it's really one explanation. Because Moshe himself, for Moshe himself, the luchas were intact. The Torah is a reflection of you. If there's luchas inside of me, kosvim aluach libecha, it's going to be in the stones. If not, it's going to be away from the. It's going to leave the stones. The Jewish people lost that inner liberation, that inner cherus. So automatically, the cherus was gone. Alaluchas from Moshe not. Now Moshe had to make a choice. Where do I belong? Who do I choose? Do I choose Torah? Do I choose the luchas? Do I choose the people? So this Fasemis says. He chose not to separate from them even for a moment because for him, the Jews were more precious than the Luchas. How can you say such a thing? The Luchas are Maisel Lekim Heima, Michtev Michtev Elekimu. So the Svasema says he knew that the true will of Hashem is that Knesset Yisrael Chavivin Elov Mayakoil. The most precious thing is Knesset Yisrael, more precious than everything. I, the Luchas, is the purpose of creation. And the luchas were made by Hashem Himself. And Moshe Rabbeinu was the one who appreciated the luchas more than anybody in the world. As the Pasuk says, Zichru Torah Moshe Avdi. 
the Torah is called Torah's Moshe. Moshe's Torah, Chazal says, because Moshe and Torah are one. He gave his whole life for Torah. Moshe emes v'toyrosay emes. We call it till today, Torah's Moshe. It's Moshe's Torah. Why? Because he was one with Torah. Moshe didn't learn Torah. Moshe didn't absorb Torah. Moshe didn't teach Torah. Moshe is Torah. <laughs> There's no Torah without Moshe. The whole, the whole Torah is Moshe. Moshe is Torah. Torah is Moshe. And there's something deeper. And there's something deeper in Moshe. Knesset Yisrael. There's something deeper in Moshe. The luchas are ingrained and engraved and entrenched and embedded in Moshe's heart. But Knesset Yisrael is even more engraved in Moshe's heart. The luchas are engraved in Hashem's heart. But Knesset Yisrael is engraved in God's heart yet in a deeper space. He knew that. He knew that's where God really is. So even though Hashem is upset and Hashem is angry and Hashem is hurt and Hashem is betrayed, the Jews did a terrible thing. Moshe now could say, okay Jews, I'm throwing you under the bus. It was nice knowing you and run to the luchas and embrace the luchas and say, come, let's go fabreng together, it's you and me. That's not what Moshe Rabbeinu does. Moshe says, I'm with them. I'm with them because his relationship to Knesset Yisrael is even deeper than the Luchas because he knows Hashem's relationship to Knesset Yisrael is deeper than the Luchas. So what's now his calling? His calling is if the Isis left the Luchas because of the Jewish people, the Isis are also leaving my Luchas because I'm with them. So he naturally breaks the Luchas. These Luchas have no space, but now Moshe is together with them. Ube'emes and the truth is, by Moshe connecting himself to the Jewish people, through this he can fix them. It wasn't just Moshe Rabbeinu said, you know what, forget about everything, forget about Torah, forget about God, I'm going there because I want to be with them. Moshe says, I want to be with them. And by being there with them, you can actually pick them up. You can actually lift them up. You can actually repair, repair the pain. Why? So he says, because when he is with them, when they become one, suddenly we see that they never sinned. Because the only reason they could sin is because he was not with them. <laughs> he was on top of the mountain and they were down on the earth. When Moshe says, we're now one, when he reveals that connection with them, that they are inseparable from Moshe and Moshe is inseparable from them, now the tikkun happens. Because when they are really connected to Moshe Rabbeinu here, there's no sinning. Here there's tikkun. But for this, Moshe has to come down from the ivory tower. He has to come down from Arsene. He has to go deep down into their abyss and become one with them. And when they're really one, now the tikkun is here. To put it in our in contemporary language, the problem was there was attachment disorder. They were not connected. They were alone. They came to Aaron. What did they tell Aaron? 
What happened to Moshe? He was our shepherd. He was our leader. We need somebody. They felt alone. They felt neglected. Today's therapist would call it trauma. PTSD. The Chet Eagle was PTSD. There was terrible trauma. What's trauma? Trauma is you're alone in the world. Nobody's there to soothe you. Nobody's there to hear you. Nobody's there to see you. What are the four S's? What do you guys do the four S's? To be seen, to be soothed, to feel safe, to feel secure. Four S's. They didn't feel safe. They didn't feel secure. They didn't feel seen. They didn't feel soothed. Moshe was their man and he's gone. This is a terrible, terrible experience of trauma. They create the Chet Eagle, which was a big Meshagas. And everything that happens afterwards, Rashi says, Gilead Arayas, complete Gilead, a breakdown of all boundaries, a breakdown of all boundaries, ultimate addiction. Now Moshe sees this. He's like, oh my God, I'm gone. I'm out of here. Have a good day. No, he goes right into it. He goes right into it. He breaks the luchas, just like they broke the luchas. In other words, Moshe breaks the luchas just to be able to connect to them, because they already broke the luchas in their heart. Moshe now broke the luchas physically, and he said, Chevra, I'm with you. And the Medrash says this. He told Hashem, they sinned, I also sinned. <laughs> I also sinned. I am with them. I am connected to them. Once he's connected to them, now the tikkun happens, because the whole problem was that they felt disconnected that they were separated. There was a sense of detachment. Similar to this, I heard from the holy mouth of my grandfather. My grandfather, this is referring to the Chidushi Harim. The Chidushi Harim is, is, the, is the safer, and therefore the title, of the first Rebbe of the Hasidic dynasty of Gur, Ger. His name was Yitz, Rabbi Yitzchak Meir. Itcha Meir, they called him, Rabbi Itcha Meir. Rim is Harav Yitzchak Meir, Rabbi Itcha Meir Alter. He was a student of the Kotzke Rebbe, Rabbi Menachem Mendel Morgenstern, who passed away in the 1850s. Later, the Chidush Harim became a Rebbe in Gur, not far from Warsaw in Poland. And when the Chidush Harim, Harim had a lot of children, Every single one, I think 12 children, passed away during his lifetime. I think besides one daughter, Esther. And he was raising orphans. He was raising orphans, imagine. He had 12 children, and each of them passed away during his lifetime. And uh, he raised his grandson, the Sfasemis, who was orphaned as a child, from his father, whose name was Avramardchai. Avramardchai. And uh, the Svasemes was a boy who was raised by his Zayda when the Chidushirim passed away in Tafresh Chavav, I think. Tafresh Chavav would be 1866. Svasemes was still a Bachar, Mamash, a young Bachar. But a few years later, he became the next Rebbe. So he's quoting his grandfather. He always quotes his grandfather because his grandfather raised him. His grandfather really was like a father to him. So he says, I want to share with you something I heard from my Zayda. A fascinating medrash. The opening of the Ten Commandments, 
Hashem tells the Jewish people, Anoichi Hashem alekecho. I am your God, I have taken you out of Egypt from the house of slavery. Asks the Medrash, why Lashin Yachid? Why Anoichi Hashem Elekecha? He's speaking to millions of Jews. Say Anoichi Hashem Elekechem. Right? You ever had that question? He's speaking to millions of people. Why are you talking to one man? You could call out a name in the middle, fine, but you're talking to everybody. In Kriya Shema, what do we say? Ani Hashem Aleikeichem Asher Itzeisi Eschem Meyaretz Mitzram Liyos Lachem Why by Aser Sadrizah say Anoichi Hashem Aleikecho I am your God So there's a fascinating Medrash and Rashi actually quotes it It's in Medrash Rabbah Parshas Yisro It's in Psikta Rashi quotes it Hashem was giving Moshe a little trick He was telling Moshe one day the Jews are going to violate Anoichi Hashem Alekecha. They're going to make an eagle. They're going to make a calf. And you know what you're going to tell me then? You'll be able to tell me. You never spoke to them. You spoke to me. <laughs> I didn't know. They didn't know you were talking to them. You said Anoichi Hashem Alekecha. They thought you're talking to Moshe. If I say, I want you to know that I am your God. Hashem says, I am your God. Who's you? You. Remember, in, in, in English, you is plural and singular, but in Lashon Kodesh, Elikecha is Lashon Yachid. Hashem was telling Moshe, I am your God. He never told it to the Jewish people. So this is Litain Pischen Peh. This gave a room for Moshe to open his mouth as a defender of the Jewish people. This was the great ticket. This was the great advice for the defense team. That when the Jews will be Ayvid of Aydazarah, Moshe will be able to say, you spoke to me, you didn't speak to them. That's what the Medrash says. So one second. But here we have a big issue. What is going on here? What is this, a joke? Anoichi Hashem Lekecha was on the mountain. Every Jew heard it. So they, was really, they really thought it was only to Moshe. I mean, come on. Come on. <laughs> it's very cute. You only spoke to Moshe, so why do you reveal yourself to the whole people? Number one. Number two, if this is the reason, if this is the main defense for the Jewish people, why does Moshe have to break the luchas? He should just say, you never told them. If this is the defense, we don't need anything else. Peter, so my Zayd explained, Shavadai Hatzivu Hoyelikal Yisrael. Moira de Kavart. Of course, the commandment was to the whole Klal Yisrael. But it's the way they are unified and connected with Moshe. Because he integrates them as one. And then in this state, the commandment that's said to Moshe is also said to them because they're all one. And this is really the greatest defense for the sin. Because before they could sin, they lost this sense of unity. And on that state where they're not feeling the unity, the attachment, they never receive the commandment of Anoichi Hashem 
So what was the real sin? The real sin was that they allowed themselves to detach themselves from the unity. But it's never as serious as the sin itself, because that they're not that really was not the issue. The issue was that they lost the touch of unity. That was the issue. The moment they lost the touch of unity, everything else spiraled out of control. But that chet, you're not holding them guilty for because the mitzvah was not given to them the way they are on their own outside of Moshe Rabbeinu. What is the Chidush Shaharim telling us here? It's just an amazing, amazing vart. Anoichi Hashem Alekecha was said to Moshe, but it was said to the Jewish people. So why did it say Lashen Yachid? Because there is a state of consciousness where Moshe and the Jewish people are one. They're not separated. Or to put it in the words of Rashi in Parshas Chukas, Yisrael hey Moshe, Moshe hey Yisrael ki anasi A real Rebbe, a real leader of the Jewish people is like the brain. The brain of the person is not detached from the body. The brain and the entire organism are completely integrated. They're completely unified. The brain's central nervous system is interconnected and integrated with every single limb and organ and bone and sinew and cell and tissue of the entire body. It's not two separate beings. You have a brain, and then you have limbs and organs, arms and legs. No, it's one. It's achdos. It's one goof. It's one life. I don't say, let me talk to your brain. Let me talk to your heart. Let me talk to your, to your, to your hand. It's one metzius. Moshe, Yisrael, Yisrael, Moshe. A real leader of the Jewish people, a real Rebbe, is the brain. It's the consciousness that unites and integrates. In other words, there is that state of reality where the Jews are Moshe, and Moshe are the Jews. In that state of divine oneness, they are one. So Anoichi Hashem Alekecha is referring to Moshe, but it's referring to the Jewish people because they're one with Moshe. They are you, Anoichi Hashem Alekecha. I am your God, Moshe. Moshe is Yisrael, Yisrael is Moshe. There's absolutely no difference. So of course he's speaking to the Jewish people. But that is Moshe. Moshe Lashen Yachid. That's when Hashem tells them, Anoichi Hashem Alekecha. When you're in that state of complete oneness, when you're aligned with your infinite posture, when you're aligned with your infinite self, when you're a channel for divine oneness and consciousness, God tells you, <laughs> What allows for the Chet eagle to happen? Attachment disorder. They're not connected. They don't see themselves in that space. They don't see themselves as Moshe Rabbeinu's. They don't see themselves as mirrors of Moshe. They don't see themselves in that space. They feel small, inadequate, neglected, detached, abandoned, traumatized, afraid, insecure. You can add another few adjectives. That's the prerequisite to sin. That's the prerequisite to hate. We always say, what does hate really mean? Hate doesn't mean sin. Hate means you missed the target. Koilea el asaira veloi yechta. Says about Shoal when he shot his arrows, he never missed. Lo yechta, Basheva says, "Vayisi ani uvni shloima chatoyim." Me and my son Shloima will be wanting. We're going to miss the opportunity. Chait means I'm off target. I'm not aligned. I'm not connected to myself. I'm traumatized. I'm in an isolated, quarantined place, emotionally speaking. What allows for the chait? What allows for the chait is. They're not feeling their oneness with Moshe Rabbeinu. This is the Pischen Peh. So Moshe says, what do you want from them? Anoichi Hashem Alekecha was said to me. What does he mean it was said to me? It was said to them the way they are in a state of unity and oneness. But now they're not in a state of unity and oneness. The Tzivu was never said to them. 
they lost their achdus before the chait, and over there there was no mitzvah, anoich Hashem because they're not one with Moshe. The tzivoy, anoich Hashem is the way they're unified with Moshe. This is the sin then. The sin is that they allowed themselves to lose that experience of oneness, but it's already not Avodah Zarah. They never violated Avodah Zarah because they never had a tzivoy against Avodah Zarah because the commandment against Avodah Zarah is only the way they are one with Moshe. But when they're not one with Moshe, there's no mitzvah of Avodah Zarah because it says, So therefore, what does Moshe do now? Moshe understands that the key is he has to attach himself to them. He has to go back to them. They have to feel one with him. They have to feel connected to him. They have to feel attached to him. And when they could feel that connection, v'nafshoi, kshura b'nafshoi, ooh, when they can go back to that state of achdus, then anoichi Hashem alakecha was said to them, because it was said to him also. And from there, there will be the tikkun, because in that state of achdus, they will never do avoy So if so, this limut schus of Moshe Rabbeinu, anoichi Hashem alakecha, God already told them by Sayyid Sadibris, so you're going to use this one. You're going to use this one. This is really the idea that we're saying. That by this limut schuz, that anoich Hashem alakech, it's all because of detachment. That's the issue. So therefore, Moshe understands that the key has to be breaking the luchas, attaching with them, connecting to them. And in that space, there is healing and there's tikkun. This now is the meaning of the medrash, why Moshe broke the luchas to connect his soul with them. And he says to God, they sinned, but I also sinned. If you forgive me, you forgive them. If you don't forgive them, you don't forgive me either. There's a second piece of the Svasemes, just a few lines that he spoke about four years later. Tafresh Mem Aleph, which would be 1881. The first section is Tafresh Lamed Zayin, 1877. And this is Tafresh Mem Aleph. You see in the source sheets, the last paragraph. If you haven't opened your source sheets on the yeshiva.net, you can have, find the source sheets. If you go to the yeshiva.net, T-H-E-Y-E-S-H-I-V-A.net. You'll see the shear on the top Thursday, and you'll have source sheets over there. Let's see the second Svasemes, which complements the first one. Here he quotes a new medrash, also a fascinating medrash, but medrash al-posik lechreid, malachi alekim oilim v'yordim b'chuli einsham. It's a fascinating medrash. Hashem tells Moshe when he's on the mountain, Lech reid, go down. Amcha, because your nation has become corrupt. They created a molten golden calf. Go down. So the Medrash says that Moshe Rabbeinu turned to Hashem and said, I don't understand. Yesterday you told me, You should come up to the mountain. Hashem told Moshe, go up to God. Now you're telling me, go down? God, which one? Fascinating question. First you tell me, come up. Now you tell me, go down. So Hashem tells him, the Medrash says, it's not because of your own honor that you come up here. It's because of the glory of my children. Because of my children that I wanted you to come up. I already told the old man, Yaakov, in that dream of the ladder, he sees the angels of God going up and going down. Boy, what's boy? Oilim v'yordim boy. What's boy? They go up and they go down on it. What I was telling Yaakov Avinu in that dream is when your children will be tzaddikim, 
they will uplift themselves and they will uplift the world. So their messengers and their representatives and their teachers will go up with them. But when they go down and they descend, their representatives, So Hashem said, earlier I told you, go up. Even the angels of God, their ascent and their descent is, boy, it depends on the Jewish people. They go up and down in that ladder. If the Jews are facing upwards, the Malachim are going up. And if the Jews are going down, the Malachim are going down. You are a shliach of the Jewish people. You are the representative of the Jewish people. You were sent to Para. You were sent by me to liberate them. And you're my shliach. So therefore, previously I told you to go up. Now, since they sinned, you and them now, are in a state of going downward, descending. That's the Medrash. Rashi quotes it. Earlier I told you, go up. But I gave you the greatness for the Jewish people, so now it's time to go down. What is the meaning of this Medrash? At its face value, when you don't really get the Neshama of this Medrash, it looks like the Medrash is saying, listen, Moshe Rabbeinu, you're connected to the people. If they're going down, you're going down. If they're going up, you're going up. That's one interpretation. Svasema says, no, it's much, much deeper. Actually, God was teaching Moshe how to save the people. Listen. It's not a punishment. They're going down, you're going down. Even going down is teaching the tzaddikim how to live. And it teaches us how tzaddikim operate. It's a limud it teaches us the madrega, the state of consciousness of a real tzaddik. Because by the fact that when the Jewish people descend, they go down with them, they now have the ability to elevate and sublimate everybody. If when the Jewish people will go down, they stay up, there's no way they can bring them back up. You can't sit in heaven and scream, hey, 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 you, come back. Like the Baal Shem Tev's metaphor brought and told us Yaakov Yosef, a lifeguard is sitting, you know, on the lifeguard's throne there by the beach, you know, those thrones, the lifeguard is sitting over there <laughs> listening to his music, right? And somebody is struggling, Rahman al-Litzlan in the earth, and the lifeguard goes, hey, you, gotta get out, get out. <laughs> it's not going to work. The person is struggling. The lifeguard has to jump into the water and schlep them out. I have to go down. If the tzaddik stays up and says, hey, Chavre, come out, come out, become holy like me, you're not going to help them. He says, when they go down with them, they go into the abyss with them, they go into their state of consciousness, they connect with them. You know what happens now? They're not staying there. They can now extricate them and bring them up because they're going up. And when they go up, they're bringing them together with them. This is the meaning Hashem tells Moshe. Forget the Jews. They are too bad. You will become my new nation. Moshe refused. As we explained in the first piece earlier, Moshe chose the Jewish people over the Luchas. It seems like he chose the Jewish people over God. Hashem said, I want to destroy them. I'm going to turn you into my new nation. And Moshe says, no. On my dead body, literally. Because he knew that the real Ratzon Abayri is, Hashem knows, Hashem feels that Knesset Yisrael is more precious than everything. He refuses. 
and that's why he broke the tablets. As we explained elsewhere, this is the previous piece we learned from Tafir Shlomad Zayin. Why did Moshe break the luchas? Because he did not want to separate himself from Klal Yisrael and he gave his part over to the Tzibur. He surrendered his identity over to the Tzibur and therefore the letters of the Luchas flew away because he became part of their sin. Moshe Rabbeinu said, I'm not staying up. I'm going down. I'm going down into them. I'm going to be with them. I'm going to connect with them. I'm going to feel them. I'm going to put my feel their pulse. I'm going to have my finger on their pulse. I'm going to feel their soul. I'm going to experience their pain. I'm going to identify with them. I'm going to empathize with them. I'm going to become one with them. Wait, but their oasis flew away. Moshe said, and my oasis will also fly away. And therefore he breaks the luchas. He breaks his own luchas also to be able to be there with them. It's not ve'esois chalagai gadol. And that itself becomes the source of their healing. That itself becomes the source of their sublimation. Where did Moshe learn this from? Where did Moshe get this idea from? Moshe learned this all from two words of Hashem. Hashem said, Go down. Go down. When God says, Yes, they did a terrible thing, they have to be destroyed, he tells Moshe, Now you go down. Yes, there's the perspective from heaven. God is saying there's no hope for them because there's no hope. But he tells Moshe, go down. If you go down, we will discover hope. If you're ready to go into their shoes, if you're ready to go into their space, we will discover hope. When the people go down, the malachim go down, the shluchim go down, the tzaddikim go down, so that they should be able to go up together with them. Zachav, Zika, Sarabim. That's why it says he merited, but he also brought schus to everybody else. So after that, God says, now go up together with the people. You went down, now go up together with the people. And that's the that already by the Aseris Adibris, weeks earlier, he made sure to tell him, I'm speaking to you because I'm speaking to the whole nation the way they're connected to you. It's their connection to you that allows them to be who they are. It's their connection to Moshe. And who is Moshe? Moshe is Eved Hashem, which is their ultimate connection with Hashem, through Moshe. That is what allows them to be who they are. And therefore, when they're sinning, it's already not the same grave sin because they sinned as people who are separate from you in their consciousness. And to those people, I never said, was only said to the people the way they are completely experiencing their oneness with Moshe Rabbeinu, which is their oneness with God, because Moshe is Isha Alekim. Moshe is the ultimate Eved Hashem. So therefore Moshe knows that Lech Reid, when he goes down, he can ultimately sublimate everybody. Questions. The engraving of the tablets liberated the Jews from death and the Yetzirah. This means, I guess, that people originally were intended to live forever sin-free. When Adam and Chava destroyed the original plan and the tablets, the Torah, was designed to reestablish that status from before the Chet, but again, the Jews became misaligned 
because of their sin in the desert. So once again, death comes back. And that generation, in fact, passed away in the desert. But did Moshe also sin? He also passed away. Did this have to do with striking the rock? Okay, striking of the rock is a different parish. It's not for now. But yes, you're right. And this is where Moshe joins with them. When somebody loves somebody else, he may write a love letter to his or her beloved. After writing, before mailing or pressing send, he hears his beloved has done something unbecoming or worse. He still loves his beloved regardless, but he can't continue to send the love letter. So he crumples it up. Then he realizes his love is greater than the unbecoming conduct. He loves his beloved unconditionally. So he picks up the pen again and restarts writing. He finishes and sends the second letter. He rewrites the exact same words the second time, but it's completely different because it came after the breakdown and the reigniting of a deeper love. So the breaking of the luchas, in a way, represents this whole story. Is that true? Yes, very nicely put. Can we say, based on what you taught, that the breaking of the luchas was an Avera Lishma, like the Gemara says in Nazir, and therefore it could be praised. Yes, that's a very interesting way of putting it. I have a question. Even before receiving the written contract, the Jews heard the first two commandments directly from God. So it was binding even before the delivery of the, of the, of the, of the tablets. So the Jews did sin by breaching a fundamental commandment that was given to them. Moshe sinned by breaking the tablets. So he joined the Jews. But how could you compare the sin of breaking a fundamental commandment like idolatry with the breaking of the tablets? There is no moral equivalent. Plus, where does it say one cannot break the luchas? What makes that a sin at all? Excellent question. And the answer is, even if it's not the equivalent, but nonetheless to take something that was sculptured and created by Hashem Himself and destroy it was certainly a very serious thing. So that's what he says. Moshe says, I sinned by breaking the tablets. Reb Tzadik HaKoyen of Lublin in Sitka Satzadik and the Kamarne Rebbe in his book Sefer Kesem Oifer on the Megillah, they add another touch. The Gemara says in Masech the Shabbos, Davkuv Dalad, HaMeshaber Kelem Bachamos HaReyu Koyved Somebody who breaks vessels during his anger during his wrath, it's like worshipping idolatry. So they say, that's why Moshe was Meshaber Kalem Bachamosai. He broke the Luchais in his wrath so that he could connect his soul to the Jewish people and Kevayachal, in a very, very subtle way, go down the same path that they took. Which is an incredible, incredible interpretation. Next question. We all have our challenges. Perhaps Moshe was being tested when the Jews sinned. Would he defend them, join them, and break the luchas? It seems to me that what you're saying is that God really wanted him to break the luchas. Is that the case? If so, the entire story was not only a test for the Jews, would they succumb, but it was also a test for Moshe, 
if he would be a real leader and defend them or not. That is absolutely true. And in fact, the Gemara says, and Rashi brings it, that when he broke the Luchas, Hashem said, Yasher Koycha Thank you for breaking them. So God didn't only agree, he endorsed it and he thanked him. Not only that, Rashi says, Hashem told Moshe, Hanichali, leave me alone so I can destroy them. Why did he say, leave me alone? Because he was intimating to Moshe, if you don't leave me alone, I will not be able to destroy them. In other words, if you don't let me go, if you hold on tight to these people and to me, nothing will happen. So basically, God was telling Moshe, this is really a test for you as well. I think, I think, that's, uh, I think that's, uh, that's very true. According to you, you explain that sin is detachment. Why does it require so much atonement over the generations? Well, I think we have to be able to feel attached again. When you say it requires atonement over so many generations, it means, if you want to use contemporary language today, the cutting edge of genetics is called epigenetics. And epigenetics is basically the wisdom of how external events, even outside of ourselves, inside of ourselves as well, but even events outside of ourselves can actually have an impact on our genes and as a result of that be transmitted to future generations. So there's a professor in, uh, in Mount Sinai, I think Rachel Yehuda, who did a lot of work showing how children or grandchildren of Holocaust survivors, there's actually something different in the genes as a result of the trauma that their parents or grandparents experienced, which is an absolutely novel idea because we would think your genes are your genes. They're responsible for the color of your eyes, for your height, for the color of your hair, and of course for your entire genetic makeup. But an event that happened to your mother, to your father, to your Zayda, to your Baba, how is that connected to their genes? It's connected to their mindset, to their attitudes, to their fears, to their insecurities. But because today we are realizing the unique and powerful symmetry between the spiritual and the physical, between the soul and the body, between ideas and facts, so therefore we know that our genes are actually affected. So the trauma that I'm carrying may not even be my own. It may be my father's, my mother's, my grandfather's generational, intergenerational trauma. This is an unbelievable discovery. So when you say we need kapara for generations, it's not only about, you know, they were evil, they were horrible people, they did terrible things, and we are still busy making up for their mistakes. It means that there was a certain brokenness that was introduced into the world. And that brokenness we still confront, and therefore we shouldn't despair when we face it, because this is part of our mission, to confront it and heal it and go down in order to be able to come back up. This is a very important idea. I wish everybody a beautiful, beautiful day, beautiful Shabbos. Our Monday morning shear of Hasidus will be on next Monday morning, 7.30 a.m. Thank you. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.